Welcome back to another episode of Talk, a podcast about innovation, motivation, and inspiration. This is episode number seven, and today our guest is Gordon Trenelin. But real quick before I get into that, just uh, a quick little neon news. Last week we did have a, a episode that didn't air when it was supposed to, uh, Isaiah Forte is about films. You can go check that out over in our little video feed. And then um, other than that, you guys can start catching these over on YouTube as well. We're getting them over there as they post up over on Facebook. And um, other than that, I've got DV as one of our stars in the back. But without further ado, um, she's been rocking the stages, doing go-go dancing and fire performing and burlesque through OzFest, E-Force, and all the places over all over the place. Um, you're now residing in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, yes. <laughs> so thanks so much for joining me and taking the time to do this podcast. I'm super excited. To, like, Yeah, thanks for having me. I know we met, um, we met personally through Succubus Sorority mm-hmm. and a few of the burlesque events here in Raleigh, um, but I know you're also good friends with Morgan as well. Um, yes. One of our good friends of black clothing as well. Um, so that's really cool. So I know that, you know, you do a wide variety of stuff, you know, burlesque, you do circus acts, fire acts, um, pole dancing, showgirl stuff, you know, you do costumes even. So we're going to break it down a little bit. (laughs) Um, First, you know, with everything that you do, I guess, really, what started first? Where did, like, Gwen Adrenaline? Pole dance. Okay. (laughs) I'll start with a a pole fitness class. I uh, went to Aradia Fitness in Cary. They're wonderful. Highly recommend. Um, And, yeah, it just kind of snowballed from there. (laughs) Okay, cool. So what came after pole dancing? I started go-go dancing after that, and then I joined Succubus, and then I learned fire, and I got interested in stilts, so I got a pair of stilts, and I'm just self-taught a lot of things. <laughs> it's time thing, but, you know, it's you just stick your mind to something and just keep at it, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've had been personally able to see your performance like live at least burlesque performance and I love the integration of everything that you do um you know as you know I've got I'm friends with like Ariana Tysinger and a few other people in the fire community so it's just really cool seeing those like different knacks and trades integrated into something like burlesque and dancing and I mean it's really cool I especially really love uh, for those who haven't you know checked out any of your stuff like lay on beds of nails and you have cement bricks laid on you that um your partner smashes with hammers and like you do some crazy stuff you even um you have that metal grinder too that you do um as well with the spark that's pretty cool so yeah you're welcome um what made you like go toward this push of this like extreme stuff, not just, you know, integrating it with your performances, but just in general? Um, good question. Well, I do this uh, like feature competition every year and I realized that they were handing out a most extreme award and I was like, I want that. <laughs> I want that. So um, one of my friends actually, she goes by TikTok. Um, her 
boyfriend made me that bra, that grinder bra. And Mm -hmm. like, that was a really special gift from them. And that definitely, you know, took the act over the top for that. But yeah, I think just, just wanting to have that title. And, you know, if I heard somebody had the most extreme show, like, I would want to go see that. You know, that, that says a lot. So I was like, you know what? That, I'm going for that. I don't care about first, second, or third place. I just want that most extreme and went and got it. <laughs> That's really, really cool. Um, so, you know, were all of those, like, extreme parts that you integrate with your actor, those all self-taught? Or how did you go about, like, learning the safety and the precautions and everything of being as extreme as you are um, I did talk to some performer friends of mine about um, like the bed of nails TikTok does that too uh, another friend Lacey Blaze uh, mm-hmm. she was she was just fabulous like every time she hit the stage at our show I was just blown away um, she even had like a machete ladder you know she just does really crazy shit so I definitely talked to both of them first before I even attempted it and um you know basically it's mind over matter kind of thing you know your weight's distributed on that bed of nails so um just making sure you get on and off of it like carefully and gracefully as possible (laughs) just tough to do um but yeah definitely inquired with some some other professionals before I you know, just jump in anything. Yeah. Now I feel like that's important, especially with uh, what you do for work. And, you know, regarding you know, extreme stuff, um, the fire world, what got you into fire? I mean, you do breathing and then you also do fire dancing. I mean, not breathing, eating. Yeah, fire eating. Breathing's a whole other thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> super dangerous. Um, yeah, when I um, when I joined the Succubus Sorority, um, you know, some of them had, like, fire fans and such, and we were welcome to, like, borrow them and practice and everything, so um, I did get a pair of LED fans first, and I spun those for, like, a year before I even got a set of fire fans, and then the fire fans, I spun those for six months without even lighting them, so, you know, as tempting as it is that you want to just, like, start up with a new prop, I can't stress enough how important it is to practice with that prop. It's not even lit, you know? It's, yeah. It's really important. So, yeah, you know, got the fans. One thing led to another. And uh, I actually took a fire-eating class with Shade Flamewater and Billy Tempest. And this was, this was years ago. Um and Billy actually had handmade my torches right there at that workshop. So I took the class. I left with them that day. And I actually had a gig in Charlotte to go fire eat. That's <laughs> so, really cool. Yeah, that was, that was fun. TikTok was there with me. She's awesome. Y'all should check her out, too. <laughs> yeah, def- for sure. Definitely will. Um, so with in regards to fire and like your burlesque and your performances, have you ever found like um, specific places where you haven't been able to really perform all of your stuff to the extreme due to say like the venue or anything like that? Absolutely. Um, the last time I was up in Milwaukee, uh, they don't have any fire at all. Just not at all. And that's a good chunk of my act. So, um, it 
me to learn to like be more interactive with the crowd and spend more time with them than just like putting on a show, which mm. definitely, definitely helps my shows in general because, you know, it's one thing to, you know, see like do a trick, do a trick, do a trick and everything, but to like really involve people and get up close and personal, like that's, that's what really makes it better for them. So I learned a lot, you know, even though I was definitely nervous, I was like, what am I going to do? Like, <laughs> fire, that's my thing, you know, but yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't have much time to prepare for that either. Cause I found out, I think maybe like a week before I headed up there and I was just stressing so hard, but like I said, valuable lesson, learned a lot, learned a lot about, you know, my performance and, and things that I could do differently when put in that situation. So worked out great. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's they're all those are those experiences are for, right? They're about learning, overcoming, and, and yep. all that kind of thing. So it's really cool. Um, now, what about the stilts? Because I know you've been, I've seen, I've seen you integrate the stilts in, in your performances, just due to the venues being able to be tall. Is that yeah. also something that's like been an issue in the past as well? Um, I'm really selective about when I bring those out. Um, I mean, it is impressive, but the time it takes to put them on and then take them off. Like I got it down to 40 seconds and even that's a, that's kind of long to just like not be on the stage, you know, and not have something yeah. else going on. But yeah, primarily I, I just wear the stilts for like corporate gigs and stuff, <laughs> festivals, parties, you know, you know what I'm doing, like my circus thing, but yeah. Um, if I do use them for burlesque, I really prefer legends because I could do my whole act on those stills. So I don't even have to take them off. So yeah, cool. yeah, very cool. Um, now, in regards to more of the circus stuff and the stilts in general, first, when did you really start? Like, when did you start using stilts? What inspired you to like hop on those stilts? So uh, I have a friend, Jeff Binder, who's a really cool dude. Uh, Funny story, we actually met at a, like, a twerk shop. It's like a okay. shop, workshop. Um, we went there and, like, realized we had some common interests and stuff. And he had been wearing stilts and wearing, um, performing with them for a while. And I was like, I really want to get into that, you know. And, um, you know, he said he'd help me get a feel for it and everything. And um, but I, what I did was I got a pair of drywall stilts. Um, you can stand still on those. But they are really heavy and noisy. So I got those to just kind of like get over the fear of being up there. And mm. uh, me and Jeff went to Pullen Park and he brought a gym mat and I just practiced falling before I even took a step. I mean, we just spent like an hour just like practice falling, you know. Um, and then eventually, you know, it's once you get comfortable with it, drywalls are easy. You know, they're, they're real simple. It's, um, it's the peg stilts that are really challenging. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, I had the drywalls for probably about a year before I was like, I'm ready for some pegs. I'm pretty comfortable with these. So got those from a friend, actually, um, Adam uh, Dipper, I believe his last name is pronounced. Um, he also does stilt workshops around Raleigh sometimes. Uh, but he made those my first 
pair of peg stilts. He made them and I got them off of him and they served me well for a few years until I upgraded and I got some aluminum ones and then I got even taller aluminum ones. So you know, <laughs> the longer you, you stick with something, you keep practicing, you know, it's the bigger the flames, the taller the stilts. <laughs> I love more dangerous the axe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so with the rest of the circus stuff, have you like actually worked with circus directly? Have you toured with any? Sorry, my cat's about to knock all my shit down. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, you're good. <laughs> you're not <laughs> all right, run that by me again one more time. I'm sorry, I was distracted. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, when it comes to the circus, where have you traveled with any like tours and what kind of like got you into, I guess, just like this director? Um, well, I don't really do like tours and stuff. Would be cool, trust, but you know, I've I've got a little boy, so it really limits how much I can be on the road. Um five days is about like the maximum. <laughs> but um I work with quite a few circus companies in the area. And they keep me busy. They send me all over the place. You know, I'm always in Virginia or Georgia or South Carolina. Um, but there was one company, Dangerous D, Dangerous D's Chop Show. And he put out the casting for OzFest. And okay. me and Lacey Blaze went together. We both got booked for that. We went out to OzFest together. And it was, it was chaos. It was a lot of fun. I met a lot of really cool people. But uh, I think that's the farthest I've been out doing circus stuff. Really yeah. <laughs> that's still really cool regardless. I mean, I feel like, you know, at the end of the day between like the burlesque world and then you have the fire world and then you have the circus world, like they're all such unique groups of people, but I feel like they're probably all very inspirational to you in yeah. different ways. What would you say would, has been the most inspirational thing that you've um, seen or experienced through the, the circus? Um, hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> I think um, just like the overwhelming support we have for each other, um, you know, always looking out for each other's safety. That's a big thing. But, you know, just like I love when I show up at a gig and, you know, we're all just helping each other doing makeup and doing hair and, Passing around brushes and stuff and all sorts of things and gems and glitter and all that jazz. It's it's just really fun, um, really cool group of people to be around. And you know, sometimes it's I mean it's a job just like any other job. And sometimes I'm like so not in the mood. I'm really tired or really sore. And you know, I just show up and everybody is just chipper and beaming. And you know, it just lifts me up right away. That's awesome. So I guess kind of backtracking to Gwen Adrenaline as a brand. Now, obviously, I can tell where the word adrenaline kind of, you know, came from. Um, but where did the whole, like, where did your branding and, you know, your image that you've created for yourself kind of come from? Um, it's It's been like a slow evolution of things. Um, I did used to just go by adrenaline, but it's it's too simple like you can't you can't find me you couldn't find me back then anyway but you know it needs something that was more unique and um I went by Whitney Adrenaline for a while but then I wanted to kind of separate like my real name from my stage name completely 
and mm-hmm. I'm just playing around with different names and stuff and Gwen Adrenaline just kind of stuck. <laughs> oh yeah, I love that. Um, so when it comes to uh, also just kind of like your image and your brand, right? You know, you have this experience next to you. When you first started off like integrating all these things into your performances, did you ever think there was going to be such a wide fan base as there actually is? No, not at all. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm still working on that, like my following and everything. I'm should be a bit more active on my page and my Instagram, but you know, um, talking about um, the thing you said earlier <laughs> with like the searches and stuff like that, it's hard yeah. for people like you're supposed to be popular and all that stuff, so that was kind of mm-hmm. discouraging. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't think I'd be anywhere where I am today if you told me like 10 years ago I just laugh in your face I'm like nah <laughs> that's not me <laughs> that's so cool though to like to to see the progression though and really like especially with something that you're passionate about or let alone didn't even know that you're passionate about yeah um, so in regards to you know everything and the traveling that you have done all these festivals, e just imagine, Ozfest, uh, and you've danced and gone really everywhere. What um, was their favorite like performance that you've ever done, place you've ever visited, or show? Why? Um, probably I did EDC Orlando in probably 2014. Um, I got to go-go dance for Ed Rush and Optical, and that was just, like, so kick-ass. And uh, after after that set, um, we all went on the Ferris wheel, and I got to watch Andy C, like, I don't know, 100 feet in the air. <laughs> so that was, that was yeah, that was, that was a good one. And... Um, Probably, if this if this is your next question, worst experience <laughs> was um, EDC New York, and it was in May. I was like, I, I grew up in New York. I was like, it'll it'll be like reasonable weather, you know, it's not gonna be freezing or anything. Yeah, it was awful. It was awful. We were the um, I was stilt walking for that one, and we were the big giant flowers and. Mm-hmm those petals turn into sails there was like high winds and rain and everything and it just like that it got so nasty out we almost we were just almost like blowing away completely <laughs> they had to call us back and everything but yeah it was that oh. was rough that was rough and that's crazy <laughs> i mean you you do a lot of stuff though i feel like you're a lot of things can go wrong, but that's what we prepare us for and knowing that you've done your research and everything beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> so a little bit, I guess, on your costumes and everything. So when you first started all of these performances, were, did you originally make your costumes or was that something that you got into after you started progressing and started kind of branding yourself more? Um... Pretty much right off the bat, I was, like, making my own stuff because I um, I had been, like, sewing and just kind of, like, dabbling and making clothes and, like, 
jeans and stuff like that when I was a teenager. So I think I was like 14 or 15 when I got my first sewing machine. Um, and then when I moved down here, I was 19 when I started working in a tailor shop. And that lasted about maybe like eight or nine years before my performance stuff took off. But I, that whole time, I was just learning about construction and, and different stitches and different methods and everything. So that really helps, you know, mm-hmm. when, I, when I started actually going by patterns and, you know, altering the patterns and changing the way the things were laid and cut and all that. And yeah, that kind of really set me up for being able to do very well when it came to making my own stuff. Very cool. Do you feel like um, it's it's been def- like more difficult or more um, helpful with you in you know being prepared for being pre- prepared for what you cut out for a second? Sorry, what you do? It's like oh, joke. yeah. I mean, it's it's helpful because like sometimes you'll you'll get a request for a theme or like just some colors that like you wouldn't normally find together and you're just like what am I supposed to do with this (laughs) but um you know you also save a lot of money I mean you're of course you're spending time but you save money not buying like costumes from like a dancewear shop or you know even even Amazon has got I know it's pretty inexpensive but it's also like cheap stuff cheap quality you know so when you make your own things like quality's better you can control how much you're spending on it you know it's just comes down to how much time you've got yeah for sure I couldn't agree more. so i want to start wrapping things up here <laughs> uh, but if there was one piece of advice you could give to anyone who is in the field trying to get into the side thing that you really do what would you what would you tell them um like just, I mean, never give up. Don't really, don't ever be hard on yourself. There's a difference between like motivating yourself and putting yourself down. Um, putting yourself down and like, even when you get to the point where you're getting booked and you're getting a lot of gigs, like I'm sure there's all of us have been through a point where you're just like gonna give up and <laughs> it sucks. So don't let that take over you or anything like that. Just keep pushing, you know, find things that will keep it interesting, you know, pick up a new prop. Even if it sits in your garage for a few years, I got a unicycle, I got to pay some attention to. Um, you know, that'll keep things interesting. And yeah, just, you know, you want something, just keep pushing towards it. Just, you know, just do it. Just do oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> just do it. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> you know, and networking. Networking is very important. Yes, uh, I couldn't agree more to that. Um, well, what can everybody expect for uh, for twenty twenty twenty? And what are you doing this year between sorority or any other events that you're doing? Um, yeah, well, Sucky Sorority, we have a monthly show at Legends. It's at the Spotlight Theater there, so. Um, I've been taking a little bit of a step back from performing in the show, but you'll see me there. I'll be running around with a tip bucket kittening and I'll I have more time to spend with y'all if I'm not performing. So I just get to go and collect some money and have some fun. Um, that is every third Thursday of each month. The 
one coming up this month is a Monty Python tribute. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Do not miss out. It's February twentieth. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's February twentieth. Um, doors at eight. Uh, depending on the weather, we might have a fire show. Um, but you know, check it out on Facebook. Check our schedule there. It's uh, the Succubus Review presents Python. Python, Monty Python. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I'm, I'm really, really excited for that. Awesome. Well, um, for everybody who is curious, uh, you know, you can go follow Gwen over on Instagram and Facebook and Gwen Adrenaline. Um, you can also go book her, check out any of her videos, her costumes as well for GwenAdrenaline.com. Um, if anyone's interested and wants to be on another podcast of me on Talk for One in general, go give us a follow, send us a DM. You can also follow me at charity underscore. Um, but all in all, thank you so much for coming on and doing this podcast. I've had an absolute blast. I'm super yeah. excited. I will definitely be there the 20th, you said. I'm going to my calendar right now because I'm not missing that. Um, yeah. Very, awesome. very <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, babe. Have a good one. Yeah, and you too. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Thanks. Bye.